Looking for ideas on how to juggle work and school holidays? Then check out this very special episode of the Working Mama podcast, which is a recording of the IGTV I did with Joyce. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Hey, hey, welcome to this very special episode. I'm doing a three-day live series on Instagram and this is the very first discussion that I've had tonight with Joyce from Tot to Not and we chat all things juggling motherhood whilst she has her business and it's an amazing chat. This episode is brought to you by the Working Mama Village, the membership to help working mums thrive whilst juggling a career and motherhood. It is all set up and it's purposed all around being a mum and also having a career because why not? You can have both. So enjoy this Instagram live and be sure to check out the next couple of episodes on Tuesday and Wednesday. They'll also be put up as a podcast. And welcome, Joyce, for one of the Working Mama Instagram lives. How's your day going? Yeah, um, I was just saying that we've enjoyed the weather today and been out of the park with my kids. And it's great to see other families out and about as well. Um, I think we can, you know, take, take the good things where we can find them at this stage in Melbourne. And obviously for other, other states are in lockdown, but I guess, um, yeah, both Karina and I are in Melbourne. So we're very um, empathetic of each other's situations at the moment. On today's live, we're actually going to be chatting about how to balance work and uh, school holidays and kids in probably good weather and bad weather. So we'll get started. For those that don't know Joyce, Joyce is a former corporate lawyer turned serial entrepreneur. And in the past 10 years, she started four successful businesses with two kids in tow. Wow. We could do like a whole other discussion around this. These include digital marketing consultancy and the COVID-19 pivot brightsmart.com.au to hot to not and Melbourne's biggest travel family blog with 830,000 unique views and 1.8 million each year. Cyclestyle.com.au and lots of other things as well. But she loves being able to have the flexibility and freedom to be her own boss while struggling demands of motherhood. Very exciting and great to speak with you tonight. Uh, we're also connected through the One Roof community. So if you're not a part of that, definitely go in and check out what Cherie and Francis are actually doing, which is great. So we're in the middle of school holidays in Melbourne, Joyce. What are some tips that you can share with us about balancing work and managing the kids which is obviously different to homeschooling yeah absolutely I think um what I have found um better I think with these school holidays is trying to make a definition between this is now holiday time and remote learning um definitely the first few days it felt very much the same it's like well what are we going to do on the holidays nothing it will be more of the same so um I've tried very hard to the extent possible to sort of try and define um define those days a little bit more in terms of what uh, and I think the best way I have done that is actually try and give my kids some more choice so I found one of the uh, 
one of the challenges with remote learning is that they were very uh, limited in sort of the, the choices that they were able to exercise. And I should say also my kids are eight and 10, so they're well into their primary years. They're able to exercise hopefully sensible choices. They're not toddlers asking for 10 ice creams a day. Um, but I did find that, yeah, one of the challenges with re remote learning was there was a constant um, banging against a brick wall of the, the lack of control over their own lives in the, probably in the same way that we adults feel that, but we are, I guess, hopefully able to express that in different ways. So to the extent possible, I think with um, school holidays, I have tried to give my children more choices within the boundaries of what we're able to do. So for instance, I asked them to brainstorm some of the things that they might want to do, um, that we're able to do, maybe some of the friends that they hadn't seen or talked to in a really long time and try and connect with them um, online or in a park and so forth. And I have found that that has helped the family harmony a lot, um, even in this past week. How you manage the actual practicalities of working and school holidays is very much up to your family circumstances and the age of your children. So all I can tell you is what my personal experience has been. Um, what I have tried to do is basically I'm obsessed with the weather forecast and I, but I also, while being a very um, avid planner normally, I'm only planning about two or three days in advance um, based on basically the weather and then trying to um, chop up my day in possible things that might be done that are fun, that are outside of our house, but also need to be done. So whether it's grocery shopping, you know, can we kind of stretch that out into a one hour shopping trip um, where we go, let's say to Queen Vic Market, somewhere we don't normally shop at, um, that's a little bit more of an unusual uh, experience, I guess, for my kids, but also it's, we have to shop for food. And so that just makes it a little bit more interesting than, than the usual supermarket shop or down the street and so forth. Um, the other thing that I have been doing with my daughter, who's 10 years old, so she's a lot more independent, is that I've been sending her on 20 minute walks around the neighborhood with a notepad. So she is actually a child who likes to write and is quite observant. Um, and but it is meant that A, she's had time away from her brother. Um, to be honest, they are driving each other mad. Um, so, but 20 minutes is a, is a good loop where she's away for enough time that she gets a break, but she's not away for so long that I start getting concerned about where she is or how far she's gone or so on and so forth. Um, the observations she com comes back with are actually delightful. She notices things that I would never notice um, and they're, they're very small, minute things. And I, I think that these are the sort of small positive moments um, from lockdown is finding literally the, the frangipani in our neighbour's fence or noticing that there's a black cat in that house. Um, so that is something that has actually worked really well for us. But as I said, she is 10 years old. So I wouldn't let a toddler obviously do something like that. Um, and then I think the main thing is to, and we all probably know this already, but just really lower your expectations um, of what you're going to do, what you're going to achieve. Um, I run a lot of businesses. I effectively have a full-time job. And the reality of what is happening during the school holidays is that I am able to work somewhere between two and four hours a day in bits and pieces. So um, what I've also tried to do is um, we work in intervals. I work in intervals normally, but also my children are playing in intervals. So let's say, for instance, um, I will 
uh, say, all right, we're going to do something for 25 minutes. Let's say uh, play Minecraft for 25 minutes and or 30 minutes. And then the next interval, we're doing something away from a screen. So it means that for the 30 minutes or so where they are in front of a screen, I am able to focus and I know basically what I'm doing for the day or what I'm doing for those just those next 30 minutes. I'm sprinting. But I also know at the end of 30 minutes, we come together and we do something else or I might hang the laundry and they know that they have to do something else away from the screen. But in 30 minutes time, they can frankly jump back on the screen. So I found that kind of interval uh, really worthwhile for my children. As I said, they are a bit older. Um, I'd say the final thing is if you have toddlers um, who are not able to go to childcare, so that or you know preps who are less independent, um, I think again you need to be realistic about what is going to engage them. I would say thirty minutes is about the max of any activity um, for a child who is let's say five, six, uh, four, five, six. 30 minutes max, which means you kind of need to think about what can I do in 30 minute segments from your work perspective, but also from the number of ideas, I guess, that you need to come up with to try and keep your kids entertained, especially if you're stuck at home or the weather's bad. Um, okay, I'm just going to pause there. That's been a very <laughs> long talk. No, that's that's great. But there's certainly a lot in that, Joyce. There's, that's great that, yeah, certainly going to different shopping expeditions and different locations and, and also filling your cups being filled from a kid's perspective is so important. And definitely the way that we see our neighbourhoods is so different to the way that our kids do. Not, it's amazing what they notice in, in those little parts. And um, I know personally I would be lost without Play-Doh and Duplo with my three-year-old. Without those two activities, I'm lost. But my son is obsessed with definitely uh, with Duplo and can play for ages. But I know that's not every kid. So it's also, as you say, it's the 30 minutes, but also uh, understanding what your interests your kids and, and things. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's certainly certainly a big thing. And so what are your ideas for fine weather? What are some well, of your favourite things you love to do with, with yeah, if it's sunny, which we know in Melbourne, it can be sunny in the morning and raining in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'll give you one great tip. I use a paid app called Rain Parrot. So Rain Parrot tells you to the minute when rain is coming and how hard, like how, how much rain is coming. So Rain Parrot only predicts up to, I think, about a one hour Um time frame so it's not a bomb that sort of predicts for the whole day so I'm religiously looking at rain parrot going okay we've got 30 minutes before there's light rain coming and that, yeah as it's pretty accurate so in those 30 minutes what can we do um one obviously our, some of our favorite things are the playground I mean that's an easy one um my kids are we also are very close to the Maribyrnong River I live in Footscray and so my kids enjoy um that kind of river trail that goes all along the river as well we also have some wetlands near us and obviously with spring there's a lot of animals and um to see and ducks and so forth um otherwise outdoors at home um chalk is a very easy one so chalk drawing hopscotch like really simple things um well, I remember when my kids were little um water play that was very easy so not sophisticated water tables that cost hundred dollars 
literally talking um, measuring cups and measuring spoons from your kitchen, Tupperware containers and water. And that's it. It's literally scooping and bucketing and pouring. If it's done outside, obviously, they can just get wet. I think in kids are naturally drawn to playing with water and obviously there's a lot of sensory um, sensory play that happens with water as well. Um, so, yeah, I actually, if the weather is warm and it's fine, I actually encourage water play, but water play that's completely open-ended, that doesn't require special toys. Just open up your kitchen cupboards and go for it and let them get themselves completely soaked. Um, and then it's very easy to just dry off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And so what about some of your favourite indoor activities? So Melbourne weather is raining outside. What are some of the favourite things and that parents can do with their kids? Um, well, um, as you said, Duplo and Play-Doh are still winners. Uh, not so much Play-Doh in my house, as I said. My kids are a bit older, but I still have their Duplo and occasionally I still pull it out and they will start creating with that. So if you have those sort of toys, that's wonderful. Um, my advice with indoors is, um, if you don't already do this, is toy rotation. So uh, Montessori have a very um, have a view about the number of toys that a child needs or plays with at any one time, and it's about 8 to 10. So... If, um, if you're not sure what your child is going to play with or what they're interested in and so forth, try and reduce the number of options that they have because when there's too many options, it's actually, as we know as adults, it actually becomes really overwhelming and they'll play with everything for two minutes. But if you reduce the number of options, they're more likely to play with things for longer. And so, yeah, they say about eight to ten and then rotate, let's say, on a weekly basis. That's an easy way to keep things fresh, keep um, younger children especially entertained. Um, if you have older children and you're able to supervise them, obviously cooking is a really fantastic, or baking is a really fantastic activity to do together. Um, there's lots of educational benefit to, you know, the measuring, the weighing, the senses, um, the science, the chemistry behind baking something and then obviously having a delicious product at the end that you can share together and the pride that comes with that. Um, Again, when I was, um, when my children were little, I used a lot of washi tape and masking tape and would just tape um, roads. So I have a son who was really into cars, like matchbox cars. And so I would tape, um, make up tape roads all over the house. So literally taking over rooms and rooms and rooms. Um, and, you know, you can do it up walls. Um, and it was just endless. He would literally lie there on the floor and just move his cars back and forth on these different um, on these different roads. So, again, nothing particularly intricate. I wasn't building, you know, massive forts or anything. It was literally washi tape or masking tape. So removable tape is really easy. And then just making something um, kind of almost... Yeah, simple but extravagant to a toddler um, for them to you know, roll around their their vehicles, of which he had many at that point in time. Yeah, it's amazing. I've got a three-year-old son and, yeah, it's amazing the cars and the trucks that just accumulate everywhere. I'm mm. going to use that idea. I love the idea of a road and, and actually, yeah, that he can manoeuvre around and, and that. Mm. So, no, so, so helpful. So, no, that's amazing. And so what have, 
what have been some of the things that have got you through lockdown and, and remote learning over the last couple of months? Me personally or we with my kids? Oh, both. Okay. Um, me personally, I have stuck to a meditation habit. So I have tried meditation on and off for many, many years and just never really stuck with it and thought meditation's not for me. Finally, what happened was um, my husband bought a Muse headband, which basically, uh, I guess, provides you with feedback as to how what your brain okay it measures your brain waves and then provides you with immediate feedback as to what it, what is going on with your brain waves so if your mind is very active the weather in your he- headphones gets very loud so the rain gets very loud the wind gets very loud and when you're able to still your mind um you start hearing birds so you'll tweets of birds and so that immediacy um has helped me and gamification has helped me maintain a meditation habit um, and I have found finally, after many years of trying, that that has actually helped me maintain a sense of calm, a sense of positivity, a sense of self-awareness um, that has been so important during this time um, because, yeah, I, I have a business and I have family that I need to take care of and as everyone, you know, you need to fill your cup before you're able to help others. So, um, yeah, that has helped a lot. I run every day uh, or run and walk. And so, again, that has that is a habit now. I don't even have a conversation with myself as to whether I should or should not. I just do it. So it, um, it's like brushing my teeth. I don't have a discussion every night about whether or not I should brush my teeth. So probably those two things have been uh, the main the main things that have got me through in terms of my own self-care. Oh, and self-care, as we know, is so important. And even if you're in lockdown, not in lockdown, uh, certainly as a mum, self-care is just integral. So it's great that you've got that uh, commitment to yourself uh, to do the meditation and the running um, and keep it going. It's, it's certainly mm-hmm. so important. Absolutely. And when we were in really hard lockdown where the only um, – you were able to exercise with one other person. The running was the only way that I had any social interaction. So, um, and I, I didn't want to walk around with a mask because I found it uncomfortable. So I was forced to run because it was the only way that I could talk to somebody else and not wear a mask. So, yeah. Yeah, Elmion, getting out for a walk makes such a difference. No, it certainly does. Um, and so what are you looking forward to? Say, as we're working parents and the the road out of, of lockdowns is looking more and more positive uh, here in Melbourne and I know in Sydney it's also um, getting better. What are you most looking forward to as a family and also rediscovering and you know getting back to uh, say in inverted commas your new normal? I think what I'm most looking forward to is actually feeling exceedingly grateful. Um, we are healthy. We are safe. My husband and I have jobs. My kids were able to learn. And I think that, um, you know, I'm, I obviously would love to see my family who are interstate and friends who are interstate and so forth. But the reality is that uh, I want us to, or at my family, I would like my family to reflect on this time and be grateful that we got through it kind of successfully, so to speak with a positive outlook and that um, 
yeah, I think that's probably it. Just looking, reflecting back on, on the positives that have come out of this, as opposed to all the things we didn't get to do, all the things, all the things we missed out on. That is a never-ending spiral of unhappiness I've found. Um, and while I, you know, everyone has their moments of that, and I certainly have my moments of that, I have found that it it serves me. It does not serve me well. I give myself maybe five minutes to complain, and it's like, right, done. You're done with. It's not helping anything move on from the complaint yeah. yeah such a good way that it actually works it's and I think it's one of the things I know personally over the last um, 18 months is, you, is your mindset so no matter what you've got of you know the way you're, you're managing everything if you've got that mindset and don't go delving in too deep into that that crazy world because it's a deep dark spiral but trying to sort of I guess as you're saying focus on the positives about what you can enjoy for that moment that's right. What you can enjoy and what you can control. Yeah. So, so good. And so in normal world, uh, what are some things that you do to, to help you um, in managing the juggle of, of motherhood and, and career and, and certainly as well, even at the moment, um, even as remote learning, what are some of the things that has worked well for you? Um, well, I only ever have three things on my to-do list on a day. So that's not to say I only do three things, but these are th- I have a top three, a big three. Um, these are the things that are going to move my business along. It's not, you know, one of my three things is not calling for a haircut appointment. That's not what I mean, but only ever three things. I discovered that um, years ago, what I do is just write down a wish list, a laundry list of all the things that I wanted to achieve in my businesses. And I, it was overwhelming. I didn't know where to start. And there'd be easily 10, 15, 20 things on a to-do list. I'm never going to get through them. I mean, realistically, especially when my son was in kindergarten, I had four hours while he was in kindergarten, drop him off, run, what can I do? And so that was probably a turning point for me when I when my son was in kindergarten and not in any form of daycare, four hours for three, um, three times a week. Um, and I thought, right, this is, this is impossible. I can't. I can't actually do all of these things on my wish list. So, yeah, my my to do list is three things every day. Um, so that helps because even if I get one of them done or two of them done, that's a win. If I get three of them done, that's a great win, you know. And that's it. That's anything else that I do after that is a bonus. So that's the first thing. The other thing is, as I've said before, I work in twenty five minute sprints. It's called the Pomodoro method. A lot of people use it as a time management tool. I use it because um, I had young children, um, and frankly, as I said, I could keep them engaged with something for maybe thirty minutes before I had to change. And so um, I work in short sprints, and I take short breaks, short sprints, short breaks. So. Um, in a normal workday, I don't take a lunch hour as such. I have six hours before my, in between where my kids go to school. So I work in 25-minute blocks, five-minute breaks, 25-minute blocks, five-minute breaks for for the school hours. Yeah, so I'd say those are probably my no, top that's, two. That's really uh, definitely helpful hints um, because we're also going, you know, not only go back into remote learning next week, but we're also going back into, you know, getting back into the juggle of, uh, at least I've got a 12 year old working in 15 minute blocks now too. She had to learn time management from the onslaught of work for remote learning. Ah, oh, what a great, great thing to learn yeah. at such a young age. Absolutely. It'll pay off too. That's fantastic. Just to have that commitment, the Pomodoro effect is uh, the 
that way of, um, of working is certainly very useful. Fran from One Roof. Yes, Joyce is amazing. Yes. Thank you. I actually heard Joyce, um, this is um, dissect, um, delving, um, delving into a different topic at the moment, but I actually heard on the intersection of um, motherhood and career uh, when One Roof were running their conference Unspoken back in June and um, she had amazing things to say. So, Yes, I'm also fangirling here at the moment of when I heard Joyce during that conference. Fran, what are your top tips for toddlers? Sophie is three going on 13. Yes, Fran, I've got okay. a teenager as well. <laughs> I remember that period and I remember actually writing a blog post about my teenager. So grumpy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my tips uh, for keeping the... I'm assuming keeping them engaged. Um, some of the ideas I have, uh, if you've got any sort of um, learning tower or you feel secure about your three-year-old being on a stool, then um, water play in a kitchen sink actually works really well. Um, you can get them pretending to wash dishes. But effectively, it's, again, just um, kitchen a common kitchen utensils that are safe for them, measure, you know, plastic measuring cups, measuring spoons. And if you've got a double sink, even better. Just scooping and pouring stuff from one to the other is probably a good way to keep them occupied for a period of time. Obviously, you just need to have some words about turning on the tap <laughs> as well. Um, but I found that to be quite um, quite a useful way of keeping them entertained and, you know, doing water play but inside. Uh, there's a limit to how much mess they can make, uh, you know, at a kitchen sink. Um, other possible ideas, well, my kids at that age actually did a lot of colouring. It's not for every child, but I did find that um, endless colouring, endless sticker sticker books and so forth were actually really helpful um, for sort of quiet play that had to be done indoors. Um, another thing that my kid actually, um, my kids really enjoyed and actually still do enjoy is drawing on um, glass or drawing on windows with chalk pens so um, I have a set of chalk pens I actually keep in the back seat of my car and for long car trips and the <laughs> thing with chalk pens obviously is that you can they can just put it on the glass and then when it's done you just wipe it off so that's a really great way to engage them and also um the 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 skills that they learn um writing or drawing vertically are quite different to the manipulation of of objects uh horizontally or on paper so it's a great way to you know get them engaging in their bodies in a different way because they're standing up they're looking at glass and they're drawing um or writing or whatever vertically so they're they're about three ideas Oh, fantastic. And also Fran asked, what are your tips for juggling four businesses and what parts of parenting do you outsource, if any? Okay. Well, let me just say this. I do not run four businesses at the same time. So I have run four businesses. Running four businesses at the same time is an impossible task for one human being, especially one human being with other family responsibilities. So that's the first thing to get clear. Um, the second thing is I think you have to learn really early on that you can't do everything yourself, should not do everything yourself. And as the business owner, you focus your attention and energies on high leverage tasks, things that are actually going to move the needle on your business that require your body or your brain. So I learned to outsource probably too late. I did everything myself for too many years before I finally cracked and thought, 
I don't feel like I'm earning enough money to pay somebody, but I'm actually, I just feel terrible about my businesses. <laughs> they're, they're overtaking my life. And so um, I got my first VA probably in about, about the fourth or fifth year of my business, which is at least three years too late. I reckon probably by the second or third year of business, if you're the person doing everything, it's time to think seriously about outsourcing just tiny bits at a time. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the last bit of the question? There were three questions uh, in there. What parts of parenting you outsource and what are your top tips for juggling four businesses? Oh, okay. What parts of parenting do I outsource? Well, let's be honest, right at the moment, the TV is my friend. So I actually called the TV, my TV babysitter. So my kids will go, can, can we watch the TV babysitter now? Yes, go ahead. Here's a 30 minute, and it, you know, but it has to be come from the education channel. So um, that's a part of parenting that I outsource is that I outsource it to the ABC. Um, other things, well, when we were allowed to, I definitely leaned on a babysitter a lot um, because my husband travelled a lot for work, so it really was just me. Sometimes that was out of necessity because I let's say I needed to take one child to an appointment. Sometimes it was for my own mental health, like I needed to go see a movie with a friend. And so it feels indulgent, but when you're parenting, especially on your own, um, it is exhausting work physically and mentally. And so sometimes being able to just let somebody else, you know, listen out for the the other kids asleep and so forth and, and being able to step away from that for two hours and go see a movie, um, it's worth the money that you pay that babysitter, in my view. Um, other parts of parenting that I normally outsource, uh, early on I got a cleaner. I'm not a great cleaner. I don't like cleaning particularly. I'll do, you know, what's required. And so for me, a cleaner was very much like, okay, my cleaner charges, let's say, $35 an hour. My charge-out rate is much more than $35 an hour. Would I pay me to clean my house badly? Um, and the answer is no. So, I, so again, it... I had to justify it to myself a lot. It's like, well, I'm not earning a lot and I feel like I should be cleaning my own house. But then I thought, Joyce, you know, let's say your charge-out rate is $100 an hour. Would you pay a cleaner $100 an hour to, to not do a good job? It's like, well, no, of course I wouldn't. So now I feel comfortable paying somebody who's really good at their job, hopefully enjoys their job, $35 an hour to clean my house. And, frankly, even my kids, they come home, it's like, Oh, the house is so clean. So I'm with you, how good is a cleaner? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say probably number one investment if you work for yourself um, before the VA, but a VA after that to help you with your actual business. I think even if you've got, even if you have an employer, you work for an employer, yes. get and you've got kids. My biggest one of my biggest tips is get a cleaner because it'll allow also yeah. more family time on the weekend as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who wants to spend their weekend cleaning? Um, no, such a no. <laughs> Give it to an expert to do. Yeah. That's kind of my mantra for most things. Give it to an expert to do. Somebody who can do it faster and better and frankly, a lot of the time cheaper than you can. Ah, such such great tips. 
All right. Um, I think Elle said that's a great idea with the chalk in the car. Um, does anyone have any other questions? Great questions, Fran. Thank you so much uh, for, for suggesting those. They were great um, and great tips. Um, is there anything else, Joyce, you want to add just in relation to juggling mum life and having your own business and lockdown and activities from, from your experiences and also what you do with your blog? Um, I think very much as mothers, we, in during this time, the key is to, again, lower your expectations about what you'll be able to achieve during this time. Um, again, this has been bandied around a lot, but it is absolutely true that you and your kids will remember what this period felt like and not actually what happened during this period. So, you know, we, we try very hard to maintain some sort of family harmony in whatever is required to do that. So if I have to sit my kids in front of the TV for half an hour while I bang out something that's really urgent out of my top three things, then, you know, so be it. Um, again, I, I challenge mothers not to keep piling things onto their to-do list to keep piling things onto their plate um let go of the idea of i should be doing this or i should be doing that you know i should be baking with my kids or i should be playing with them all the time or they they should be you know i don't know watching educational tv or, or whatever um that i think especially at this time at all times but especially during this time that the, that kind of thinking is really it serves no one and it, it it serves no, especially not yourself. Um, so I think that would be my my key sort of takeaway throughout this whole period is that lower expectations and, and sit with what this period is for your family at this point and think about how, how it feels for you and for others. Um, and to the extent possible, you know, if when you feel negative or you feel like you need to complain, set a timer, give yourself five minutes, have a good rant, then let it go, <laughs> move on. Um, try and find the positives and the, and the things that you are grateful for during this period, however small. That's so powerful. And that's such a great way to uh, end this discussion just in relation to juggling work, careers and school holidays and everything else in between. So thank you so much, Joyce. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you've thank definitely you so just much. tuned in, thank you so much, Joyce, for your time tonight and, and that it's been absolutely uh, a pleasure and uh, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the school holidays and fingers crossed the Melbourne weather stays fine and sunny. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Karina. It's been a pleasure. Yes, and everyone... Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. 
I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week. Thank you.